The following may contain offensive language, adult humor, and or content that some viewers may find offensive. The views and opinions expressed by any one speaker does not explicitly or necessarily reflect or represent those of Mark Rattledge or W2M Network. Please listen with caution or don't listen at all. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you are listening to a Rattledge and Broadcasting Premier Podcast. Damn you, Hollywood! And here, there's, there it is, cute triangle. No, but there it is, him, that that guy right there. There's your host, Robert Winfrey. Yay! You'd think you would figure this out one of these times. We've only been doing this on video for how long? Nope. I'm gonna, just going to vogue. Mark, I don't need another reason to punch you, but if you start miming, <laughs> that might push me over the edge. Nobody likes a mime. Hello, everyone. This is Damn You Hollywood, or our sad, sad attempt at no longer wishing to end our own lives. Another, <laughs> oh another, another, another excuse to just see out the end of the day and see what happens tomorrow. It's our first, like, first real show of the year, not counting our end year-end special. Could we live it up a little jazz? Could we have a little not jazz, with, Robert Winfrey? Not, not with for, this movie. Not for this show, no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we are talking about Megan. Megan. Or May three M three Gan, however you want to pronounce it. I pronounced it Steve. Shut up, Meg. <laughs> <laughs> so joining us for this discussion, Mark already mentioned, I'm Robert. He's Mark. We have joining us Alexis Haina of Honey's Luckle Rose Creations. And Jason Teasley of <laughs> One of the innumerable fantasy football podcasts that you can find on the internet. I just noticed you changed your name. <laughs> Mosaic. Doing, I'm doing good. It's Mosaic Media MC. The MC, I assume, does not stand for Master of Ceremonies. No, it stands for Media Creation. So, yeah, it's Mosaic, Mosaic MC Media Creations. All right. So, here's what we're doing tonight, folks. We are talking uh, m 3 gan and it's a 2022 American science fiction horror film directed by Gerard Johnstone from a screenplay by Akella Cooper. A few of those, by... to be clear, a few of those tags for this thing's genre are alleged and alleged only. <laughs> and a story by Cooper and James Wan. James Wan is the only name you, any of you should care about. He brought us that wonderful picture from two years ago, Malignant. He's also responsible for the over $1 billion earning Aquaman. 
Um, well, he... James James Wan is pretty awesome. You should know the screenwriter from a couple of other things. Um, this is the same writer. She also wrote Malignant, mm-hmm. along with Wan, and she did a couple of other things that got released in the last few years. So, so... I generally enjoy her work, but uh, nobody bats a thousand. <laughs> so this was another Blumhouse feature for Universal. Last year's winner of all things money. I don't care what Paramount says. Uh, the film stars Allison Williams, Violet McGraw, uh, with Amy Donald physically portraying Megan and Jenna Davis voicing the character. And the plot follows the eponymous artificial intelligent doll who develops self-awareness and becomes hostile. Hostile, I tell you. To anyone who oh, comes yeah. between her and her human companion. And I want to... Mark, she just wanted a dance fight scene a la uh, West Side Story, and she just couldn't get it. In the year of our Lord 2023, who doesn't want a dance fight scene? Me. I can Besides you. No fun. Yeah. Alexis and I, every Friday night, we have a dance fight, don't we, Alexis? A little hard to do from Missouri to Florida, but sure. I thought we were it's via gonna... Zoom. I thought we were just going to rumble with those sharks, not without four years of ballet and jazz tap. Tap. (laughs) From the top, people. So I want to kick off tonight's discussion. Um, We So I, like you guys, kind of struggled with this movie. I got dozed (laughs) off in parts. I was kind of like, there was was at one point where I really had a Robert Winfrey moment. And I do enjoy these moments where I sit there and I question my own existence and my life choices. I'm sitting in the theater and I'm with the polycule and the children. And um, one one fourth of the polycule. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching this movie and I'm like, the things we do for content, the thing, the things I, I no do. No one even sees. The, the, <laughs> the things I do to try to do a weekly show with my good friend, Robert Winfrey. And, and then these other two jabronis. And, um, and so at the end of the movie, the kids are all talking about it and they're like, oh, I like this part. I like this part. And like, they, they were really reacting positively to the movie. They were into it. And we were talking about, we took my daughter out for dinner afterwards for her birthday. And there was a discussion amongst the adults. And I started to make a comment, a negative comment about the movie. And Kelsey goes, yeah, but you know what? This was a great horror movie to bring kids to. And the kids range from like eight to 12. And I thought about that. And even before we discuss the merits of that argument vis-a-vis this movie, I did want to know from you guys. Now, you three are all three psychotic, uh, satanic gorehound. <laughs> um, you drink, you know, who like to drink the blood of goats and children and goat whores, Says, from what I understand. Says the guy who re- routinely listens to Cannibal Corpse, Dying Fetus, and Goat Whore. And Deicide, of which I own a t-shirt. Um, I also uh, am very familiar with John Cougar Concentration Camp, but that's not what I came here to tell you right now. For God's sake. Uh, <laughs> that's a real thing. He's not making a joke. Yeah, that's oh, not I a know. made-up that's why I reacted the way I did. <laughs> um, but I'm going to start with you, Jason, and then Alexis, and we'll round out with Robert. What? What? How old were you when you discovered your first uh, horror movie, and what was it? I think the first horror movie I've seen was Friday the 13th Part three in theaters so that would have put me at four or five um and then i proceeded to chase my brother and aunt around because of my name being jason i chased him around my grandmother's house with a knife uh because you know that's what i do uh but yeah that i was probably i was probably about four or five i mean i think friday 13th part two or three was my first intro to horror 
And then right around that time was also Nightmare on Elm Street. It was in 84, so I was like six. <laughs> so, so maybe, yeah. I mean, maybe a little young for the genre, eh? No, I mean, <laughs> I mean, no, because that is how I grew up. I mean, I, that, maybe that's why I'm de desensitized as I am now. But, mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it I takes was, something really, was, it takes something really outstanding like Velocipaster to get your, get you going, get the blood, get the blood flowing to the right organ. Right. I mean, you know, uh, that is, that is, uh, you know, rigor mortis to the groin of Velocipaster. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, insert, it, it, insert special effects here. But yeah, um, yeah, I was very young when mm -hmm. I was introduced to, to the who, slasher horror who, genre. Who introduced you to the horror genre? Or did you My just mom. like? I was getting, oh, your your mom actually sat you down and be like, "No, Jason, good little boys watch Nightmare on Elm Street." No, she. I, I was going to theater. I, I seen these movies in theater. Okay. So my mom was taking me to the theater to see these movies. <laughs> okay. What about you, Alexis? Um, who who uh, introduced you to horror, and what was it? Admittedly, I'm kind of the rare person now because I didn't watch horror growing up. Mm -hmm. I had nightmares easily when I was a kid, so I didn't get into horror until I was in college. Mm -hmm. And then it was uh, actually an old friend of mine from high school who was a huge horror hound uh, who got me into it. I want to say it's because he had the entire night, um, Nightmare on Elm Street collection. Mm -hmm. So he showed me uh, one in three of those. And I got Dream in. Warriors with the fucking puppets in the veins. Blah, blah. Yeah. Ugh. Blah. Creepy. Blah. You don't like so, all the tendons and ligaments being extruded from your body and then used to puppet you around, Mark? Oh, -ah. Yeah, <laughs> who wouldn't love that? <laughs> but yeah, um, I actually still remember going to uh, Blockbuster on Fridays. And to get to the new releases, I had to swing through the horror section and I hated it when I was a kid. Because I hated seeing all the posters for mm -hmm. horror movies on those cassettes. Yeah. I was really out of classes. I'm so old. So. <laughs> you having a stroke? What happened there? Uh, yeah, I was, I, I was concerned for a moment. A very, very lousy attempt at doing an old person voice. I was going to say, how was I the only one that got that? Because you and Alexa have a special bond. Anyway, um, what about hey, you? Say Alexa again. See what happens. <laughs> yeah, like, could you pronounce my name right, please? No, no, right. I get it. You and Steve really share a lot of you know common traits and special connections. Anyway, Robert, what about you? Well, here's the thing about this. No, here we go. No, no, no. Well, I, I, everybody, sit back. I mean this in all sincerity. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> I mean this in all sincerity. Consider our ages. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. When we were growing up, there's horror elements in the stuff that was kids' fair. True. Right. Mm -hmm. Sure. Like that was so to say. You know, when did you get introduced to horror? I don't know. Like when I watched Beauty, when I watched Sleeping Beauty. It's like, fair. There's stuff there. <laughs> yeah. Never-ending story. Never-ending story it has a definite horror element. Anything with ranks. I was gonna say anything with Rankin and Bass. Didn't watch Later. any of those. Secret of the Nim. Secret of Nim. That's that some, yeah. elements. That's one that I watched a lot of. Wait, you never um, seen like the, the the Tolkien cartoons nope. or um, mm -hmm. the Last Unicorn? Uh, no, I've seen them. I might have seen, seen those. 
I say, that's all last unicorn. That's all Rankin and Bass animation where everyone's face looks like a pile of laundry and there's always spit coming out of everyone's mouth and everyone's screaming and carrying on. Um kind of like a Tuesday night at the Radley's house. Go fuck yourself, Jason. Go on, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a lot of just stuff in the like kid stuff that I watched when I was mm-hmm. a younger child that was, hey, here's horror elements in your kid stuff. Here's a psychotic clown in a fireman suit spraying toast, spraying um, forks in a toaster oven. <laughs> it's a thing. So then I don't know if you, again, because I've argued that monster movies aren't actually horror movies. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you count my younger childhood obsession with Godzilla in that same vein. But when I was, I don't know, eight, ish nine i saw tremors for the first time and that's a monster movie and kind of a horror movie again in a mm-hmm. throwback sort of way i think that same night i saw the twilight zone movie which if you're a little kid has some freaky stuff <laughs> in it yeah yeah uh, that yes it does the one the scene that stuck with me from that actually was the guy on a ledge and the uh and there are like ss officers shooting at him just like taking turns, yeah. like, eh, take a shot. You missed. Yeah. Okay, next one. Take a shot. Yeah, you missed. Your turn. I was thinking about, like, horror elements. They, they really, in the back of the day, there was really good, like, blending of different elements for movies. So, like, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, yeah. Clearly an adventure film with horror elements to it, right mm-hmm. down to the very end where they open the Ark of the Covenant and everyone's face melts off. Ditto um, Temple of Doom, leaning even more into right. the horror side of things. Right. Right. Even or like- Last Crusade, when the guy drinks from the wrong cup. I was thinking also like the, the blending of comedy and horror. You know, you have on the one side of that Evil Dead, uh, where you know where there's some campy elements to that. Which, by the way, you've that trailer for the new one. Um, <laughs> I am. I'm looking I forward to that. It, yeah. I am not. Um, Dorian Price will happily take your spot, Mark. He asked if he can come back for that. You can't throw me off my own show, you asshole. I will be here. <laughs> He's and... just whining. Yeah, I'm just whining at this You're saying point. you weren't you said you weren't looking forward to it. I was giving you an out. I don't take the outs. I man up. Uh-huh. Anyway. Um <laughs> Dorian wants to come back for that one. That's fine. Dorian can come back. He can have your spot. Um keep throwing me <laughs> off my show. <laughs> um, but like, I remember also, like, the blending of comedy and horror, like I was saying. Like, the, and then the other side of that would be, like, Ghostbusters. Yep. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. That definitely had a lot of horror elements to it. Um, last go around, and then we'll actually get into the plot of this thing. So, the, the it was posited, like, this Megan is a really good movie to introduce little kids, you know, tween kids. Um, yeah, to, the horror, to the horror. To the horror. Gremlins. Uh, to the horror genre. If Jason, I remember this conversation with you, with your stepdaughter. Where you were like, I want to, I want years and years and years ago when she was about my kid's age, where you were like, I want to introduce her to the horror genre. Um, if not this movie, what would you pick, or what did you pick at the time? Oh no, I mean, I, I I've taught her the way I learned. We we mm-hmm. went straight into the original Child's Play. Okay. I mean, I mean, and yes, I threatened to buy her my buddy and hide it in a room and move it every so often. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean. Yeah, she is. Uh, I remember, and this is going to sound funny. One of the quote-unquote horror movies that she watched. Uh, it's actually popped up on my timeline recently. Was she sat down and watched Zombie Tidal Wave with me uh, that we reviewed? <laughs> Currently, and, our most popular review on YouTube, by the way. 
And it, yeah, it was, it, it, she sat down and watched that. That was one of the first quote unquote horror movies that like, after I introduced her child's play and she didn't sleep for two days, um, that like she willingly came in and kind of showed interest in, and it mm-hmm. kind of branched out for there. I asked her about going to see this and it was a hell, it was a legitimate not no, it was hell no, I will not sleep. And I was like, no, it's not that bad. And after I seen it, I was like, you watch Child's Play. She's like, yeah, but that, she's like, there's something about that girl that freaks me out that I won't be able to sleep. And I kind of get it from her perspective mm-hmm. because, you know, like I said, I'm really jaded. This movie had absolutely no horror in engagement for me at all. But well, I guess we're going to get there. Yeah. But I mean, I guess I could see it from her perspective. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I like I said, I, I introduced her to one of the classics. Like I said, Child's Play, the original Child's Play. And she's watched all of the Child's Play all the way up to the most recent remake. And like she's she actually is engaged in them. But yeah, something like this. I understand where you was coming from as a introductory to the horror genre for younger generation. When I uh, when my kids started to take an interest in the horror genre, especially my daughter, um, we started with Scream. I think I, we, I think we did the first two Scream movies, and then I showed them Aliens. And then I showed them Aliens. Well, you know, it's one of those where the pro- the problem with a lot of horror for me and young kids is where do you draw the line with gore, and where do you draw the line with nudity? And for me, nudity is a hard no, and that eliminates like <laughs> half the genre. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. just I, I don't care if you're just membering people, but you can't see a boob. No, 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 I'm I'm laughing at Thank you. Thank you, I'm <laughs> laughing at you drawing the line at nudity. Well, yeah, that's I, what I, that's why I took a drink. I'm that's why I took to, a drink. I'm here to protect the children, never mind my own dirty perversions. I'm you know sure you are. <laughs> um okay. Alexis, you have like a niece or some shit, right? Um if you I were nephew, like but he's only <laughs> six months old. Okay. No, so when are you going to introduce him to? No, you, you have a sister, right? You have a younger sister. Yeah. Okay. If you if you have or if you were going to introduce her to the horror genre, where, where would you go? Well, Haley was sixteen when we adopted her, so she was mm-hmm. already into the horror genre. Um, we did go see It Chapter One together in theaters. Mm-hmm. If that helps. Good one. So, okay. mm-hmm. We and both. Jumped up like five feet when uh, Pennywise <laughs> jumps out of the projector. Projector. And Robert, you have younger brothers, like like a generation younger than you. Yeah, they're like twelve years younger, twelve and mm-hmm. uh, thirteen, I think. So when did you make them watch the the Babadook? I did not make them watch the Babadook. <laughs> you make me watch the Babadook, but you don't make them watch the Babadook. What's the Babadook wrong with you? By the time it came out, they both watched it of their own accord. I'd already done my job. <laughs> okay. So going back in time, um, again, like I, I kind of brought them up on the stuff that I was brought up on. So you know, it's a mm. lot of stuff that has horror elements to it. And then after a certain point, I'm like, okay, here's Saw, because <laughs> because this is as much because it's not that gory. It's a lot more again mm. intellectual. Here's you know Silence of the Lambs, which is another one that was uh, kind of formative for my take on the genre. And yeah. It, uh, and then Evil Dead 2, I think, was one of the ones that, at some point. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, Gremlins was in there. I mean, Tremors is kind of the big gateway for a lot of younger mm-hmm. people into the into the horror subgenre, especially like 
uh, monster-based horror. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it was just kind of that, and then, you know, let them go off on their own journey. I mean, I'm kind of a silly hardliner about some of this. My, I don't even know what I'd call him, the three-year-old that my aunt has custody of, who's now at the point when he's like, no, I'm a big boy. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, then turn off Paw Patrol, and I would like to show you Oz. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I've always wondered? What's he going to do with that grease? Never you mind that. <laughs> All right, speaking of what we're going to do with grease, give me that hot, hot plot synopsis. All right, so Megan opens, as all good stories do. Oh, roll doll books. Also, like, like novels, I think, did a lot more for my love of horror than movies did for a long time. Okay. Um, anyway, as, as all good movies do, it opens with the death of parents and the orphaning of a small child. <laughs> Welcome to Disney. <laughs> yeah. You're not wrong. Uh, where I, was one really, of... I was really surprised when the kids started singing Let It Go. Yeah. Go on. I wasn't. <laughs> I, I was really hoping that right before they got here, it was, do you want to build a snowman? That would have been great. Instead of them getting just killed <laughs> in the car, yeah. if they had gotten out, and she's like, do you want to build a snowman? Meet me. Vroom. That would have been Tell me I'm not the only one who got a little freaked out by that commercial that opened up the movie. I, I was the <laughs> only one in the theater, and I actually shouted, what the fuck? Okay, when the when the toy started shitting, I laughed hard. Yeah, and I was like, oh, yeah. I see what we're doing here, you crazy people. All right, go ahead. Anyone, everyone, shut up. Stop interrupting Robert. Go ahead, Robert. We can never let this guy get a word in edgewise. Go ahead, Robert. Do the plot synopsis, Robert. Whenever you're ready, Robert. I'm here for you, Robert. You got. I know you got one more. Come on. Shut up, Alexis. That's just a beaut. That's just uncalled for. <laughs> anyway, our our girl whose name I forget because no one in this movie matters. <laughs> now the young girl is orphaned as her as her family's car is hit because she was born unfortunately to hipsters <laughs> who understand neither what four wheel drive actually is or somehow people who live in the Pacific Northwest that didn't understand what chaining your tires are. I lived in Oregon for five years. You people are a blight. Anyway, so she's orphaned because of her parents' stupidity. Her aunt takes custody, her aunt who works for a toy factory and is in her own time building Ultron. <laughs> diverting corporate funds for the to make Skynet our time. Just, just something we want to do. Uh, they don't get along because the aunt doesn't really know what to do with a kid, and the kid is traumatized and doesn't really know what to do with the person, and is a small child. Uh, eventually, the kid says something about, you know, if I had a toy like this, it would be the last toy I'd ever need, and this is, somehow spurs the creative genius of our pseudo-protagonist here into, yes, this is how we will create the android of the future. So she again subverts corporate funds, commits all kinds of actual crimes, and finishes <laughs> Megan, this small, four foot tall, titanium, ceramic, and silicone covered android that will be, I'm sure, will be a big hit in Japan for unrelated reasons. I was not going to touch that. I was going to say that. I was not going to touch it, though. I, I'm glad that Robert. You're not going to touch it, the... but I know a lot of Japanese businessmen who will keep going, Robert. <laughs> Like to, I'm trying to get us thrown off Twitch just in case you have to that. I'm getting there. Uh, they, she demonstrates Megan and Megan's capability, and Megan is, like most inevitably psychotic AI, somewhat personable. 
the CEO of this toy company sees, yes, this is going to cost an arm and a leg, but this is going to be something that no one can copy. This is going to be a great thing. We will throw money and resources and time behind this, and we'll start production on more Megans. Because the world needs more Megans, I guess. It's a name that's falling out of favor. Um, set against this backdrop is the young child trying to deal with her trauma and becoming attached to Megan as a sort of person, even though she's not actually a person. There's a neighbor who has a dog that gets killed because it attacks them at one point. And the primary function of Megan is to keep little girls safe and dog poses threats. So dead dog, she then murders the neighbor not too long after that, like you do. Uh, I mean, really, who hasn't murdered a neighbor, especially in the year of our Lord 2023? With with a pressure washer, might I with, add. Yeah. Well, if you're going to do it, also you want to make sure everything is kept clean. Yeah. Make sure Keep you going. cleaned up all evidence. Right. <laughs> after that. That's another uh, one for the file, FBI. Yeah, right, right before that, um, Megan <laughs> is taken to this girl's sort of... They, they're trying to get her into school because yeah. it's what kids should do. <laughs> and she's like, I won't go to school if I can't take Megan. I was homeschooled. And the, the aunt is like, that's kind of why you are the way you are. We're trying to fix this. <laughs> they said, well, here's this alternative school because we live in Washington, probably Seattle, and everything's alternative. And God, the flannel. I think it's called wild schooling. I've been hearing a lot more about it. I hate everything. <laughs> it's... No, didn't say I support it. Just... I know. I, I No, no. I believe you. That's why I hate it. If you're going to sigh at the comment, you have to read the comment. So someone from our YouTube, we thank you for watching. The movie automatically sucks due to a dog dying. Will not see. And you know what? I respect it. Yep. Thank you for anyone watching, commenting or not. Thank you for tuning in. Please, keep, keep, it, keep going, Robert. In all sincerity, yes. Thank you. Um, so at, now with a growing amount of homicides to her name, um, <coughs> there's a little bit of tension as Megan is now, again, she's Ultron. She is connected into the Wi-Fi. She is everywhere. She has taken over the house assistant AI for our happy little family she's intercepting phone calls if they're in proximity to her she's blacking out data she's not letting herself be uploaded to the cloud and why wouldn't you want yourself to be uploaded to the cloud and she's driving nice sports cars after all of this at some point finally a degree of common sense kicks in and the ant goes you know something might be wrong with this unholy <laughs> abomination i have created <laughs> so i will power it down wrap it in duct tape and take it to the lab for diagnostics which they do and she and the small child finally bond a little bit when she goes, don't you understand? Trauma has to be confronted and dealt with. You can't just distract yourself from it with a shiny blonde haired, four foot tall silicon doll. And no, I'm I, sure that wasn't aimed at a certain segment of humanity. I mean, first of all, I beg to differ, but I don't want to derail the podcast. Uh, you can <laughs> beg all you want. You ain't that different. <laughs> uh, while Megan is being diagnosed, she attacks, she injures a couple of people, violently murders the CEO, and then frames some stupid page who was stealing company secrets in a subplot this movie absolutely did not need. Yeah. Or, 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 or payoff. Okay. Yeah. 
I knew that this movie was going to have a sequel because, I mean, they'd already announced that they're planning one. I mm -hmm. thought it was going to be because we see him stealing files. Right. I thought it was going to be he was stealing files for the uh, the, the competitive, the, the, mm -hmm. the competition. The and then we were going to get a post credit scene or something. It's like, hey, Kurt mailed off these uh, emails before he tragically died or something. Yeah, you he, know? Needed be, he, me he needed to be meeting with Newman. Outside of like a Caribbean bar of some sort, like, like trading. Doxon, we got Doxon here. <laughs> See, nobody, no cares. one cares. <laughs> exactly. Nice hat. What are you, a spy? Like half the people watching it, that was a Jurassic Park reference. Yeah. <laughs> the other it, half, go watch Jurassic Park. Speaking of horror movies that are good to introduce small children to, Jurassic Park. I showed that to my kids as well. All right, moving on. Um. Anyway, so she. Kills a couple of people, escapes, steals a sports car, drives home, menaces the ant in it. And this turns into a fight. The other robot is revived. And then Vin Diesel shows up for a message about family. <laughs> <laughs> like eventually a, tran a transformer shows up from the Michael Bay movies, in which case you can see its balls. But uh, what's his face? Mark Bob Wahlberg. Well, look, Mark Wahlberg shows up to just remind us all to drink, bud. That's right. He Stanley Tucci shows up and says, some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. He's, except he only says it with his face. <laughs> Christian Bell flies off into the middle of the ocean only to be revived in Paris. That's right. James Cameron arrives because reasons and immediately the budget quadruples <laughs> for the CGI finale battle. Um, Doctor Strange shows up and is shoved off screen by a small Hispanic girl. Yeah. Littlefoot shows up, so we all have an emotional connection. That you would want... have actually been the closest we got to I, an emotional I connection. I see Alexis's tumor growing. <laughs> <laughs> a tumor, I'm a tumor. I'm a tumor. <laughs> at the end of this big, anyway, at the end of this big fight, the Megan doll is destroyed. Everyone lives happily ever after, except the Megan AI. Again, it's in the cloud. It's in the household assistant. So sequel bait. All right, Jason, I know you've been chomping at the bit, and then Alexis. Jason's like all day long. Be like, you know. So give us your 30 seconds of insight. Go ahead, Jason. You've been waiting all day for this. This movie sucked a bag of donkey dicks. Um, it, was, it was a cheap ripoff and dumbed-down version of a much better 80s movie uh, that was mentioned earlier in the start of you know, my daughter's horror venture in child's play. Um, this movie was bad. I, I made the joke earlier. Uh, Alexis said that she was watching the movie in the theater all alone. I said, there's a reason because of that. Now we get to talk about that reason. Um, yeah, this movie wasn't good. The pacing was very, very horrible. It <clears throat> introduced a subplot that never paid off. The the only thing that was actually good about this was the, the whole forest scene where she kills the boy. And I kind of got taken out of that just for the comical ear ripping off. Because yeah, uh, that did, that was, I was going to say that prosthetic. It kills me because yeah. the prosthetics for Megan are amazing. But that prosthetic ear? <laughs> yeah, it was all, like... The entire budget went into just Megan. <laughs> yeah. Every, and it looked, every single one of these actors got scale. The it looked like it looked the, like he was pulling apart a grilled cheese sandwich. The first time you see it and it's stretching, it's almost too subtle. The second time is when you kind of go, "Oh!" By the time it's the third one, it's like, "Oh, silly putty." 
Right, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, when you started jumping rope with it, I was really like, hey, this is a bit too, too far. When it was, I mean, Ken, I mean, when it was Colonel Parker. I mean, I don't know if ears stretch like that, and I'm not really interested in finding out, but it still looked really it looked, wrong. It, it, yeah. looked, it looked so plasticky. Yeah, like I said, it looked like somebody was just pulling apart a grilled cheese sandwich uh, by that by the last scene of it. Um, and it was just like, I don't know. This movie had so much premise, uh, but I feel promise? like no premise. It, it was premise. Like don't protocol? ever fucking correct me. Yeah, don't you it's correct me? You don't correct me. Don't correct me. You you, you talking to me or am I talking to girls? You? Girls. Nobody <laughs> wants. Both, either we're all pretty. Of you. <laughs> we're all. Well, I know. Uh, we're both pretty. Okay, but nobody anyway, wants either of you. Hey, I'm married. Um, somebody <laughs> got drunk enough for that. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, you know what? I'm trying. Look, it's 2023 in the year of our Lord. I'm trying to not to do the same <laughs> passive aggressive routine I did in 2022. So let's just keep on going. But don't but, set me up like that, Robert. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I really feel like this was an attempt to gender swap child's play and try to get a female antagonist. Um, hey, this and is it not the very... critical drinker. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I the because I mean, if you boil it down, this mm -hmm. was child. This was the basic screenplay for Child's Play. Eh. <laughs> it's it's a similar setup, but the entire story is very different. Well, well, did you have you watched a new Child's Play? Not the most. Do not one. bring that atrocity against yeah, me. Yeah, the the, the 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 remake of Child's Play is basically this movie. With very very poor um, setup and payoff, yeah. I mean, it's one movie that I would actually put below Megan, um, if not for Mark Hamill. But this, it was basically too self-aware, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I wanted more gore, more suspense, and more deaths. To actually make me feel like it was a horror movie. This feels like an after school special of, of watered down goosebumps from the early 90s. All right, Alexis, before you go to sleep on us, what, what, what were some of the craft elements you want to talk about? I will say that I was very impressed with how they made uh, Megan look. Um, they clearly used, uh, they. I know that it, the long, the, further away shots were an actress in a suit right. they clearly used a lot of puppetry for the close-up shots uh very limited cgi from what i could tell and i think it's the blend of that that really helped it look very impressive you know um up until there, the end when she's fighting without a face and it's just so obviously yeah. well yeah that <laughs> I didn't think it was terrible. It's not a movie that I'm dying to see again. It's not a movie that I'm like, oh, let's go get it on Blu-ray. Um, enjoyed it. Walked down. I was like, okay, going home. Um, just didn't really do anything for me. Again, it, I didn't think it was terrible. I've sat through far worse for you, Mark. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I thought it was okay, you know? And, and like I said before, uh, for a PG-13 horror film, which we've talked before usually has a lot of trouble. Mm -hmm. And for one put out in January, which is always cursed. Yeah, for those watching who don't know this, this is commonly known by movie people as fuck you, it's January. 
by movie people he means us in the network i don't think i don't think that particular affectation is caught on no movies in january well i mean think about january and september is where the studios dump their movies to die we know that, but I'm just saying that particular affectation I don't think is well, not on Well, it makes you. sense mm-hmm. for January because we have already had the cutoff for the awards. Right. So not, no award stuff's going to get released. And everyone's done with the holiday breaks. Everyone's gone back to work or school. So the, ta- the town made a point of saying that January is also where they do some counter-programming to whatever came out during Christmas. So yeah. basically, like, if you've gone well, to see Avatar, if you've gone to see uh, Puss in Boots, and you're looking for something to see, there's this new movie out there. Mm-hmm. But, I'd like to know, think I, someone would counter-program Avatar, but instead everyone just looked at January and went, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Wait, they, they Cam- maybe try- I'm, they- I'm can- Here's what happened. Mm-hmm. A, a solid quarter of James Cameron's film budget was just him paying off executives like, hey, stay out of my way for a month. Well, Change early say, schedule, stay out of my way for a month. As of last week, it finally crossed the $2 billion mark. Ugh. And... Um, yeah, so the thought for Universal may have been, eh, we'll give Avatar a bit of a window and then we'll put our nice little horror movie in there. The kids will not be in school just yet. It'll be fine. And people went, no, we'll just go see Avatar. It's fine. Um, and make that movie uh, $2 billion. I have uh, no idea why people And are now that. Titanic's getting re-released because Cameron just needs so much more money. <laughs> Anything else, Alexis, before we move on? Nope. I think I said everything I need to. It's again, it's not terrible. If you're curious about it, go check it out. But meh, it's a meh. Yeah. So here's my issue with the movie. I think, and I want to I want to speak to these elements specifically because um, I don't want to keep repeating what Jason and Alexis said. So I agree with about the pacing. The C, you know, on the one hand, the CGI is really good. On the other hand, the pacing is really bad. My my son asked me, "Does this pass the stupid test?" And I said, "No." Everyone in here is dumb, or you don't have a movie. Um, right. A problem with so it. dumb. So much dumb. But I do think, and, and Robert and I have talked about this on many a show, about perspective, about you know using your movie to talk about something in a way that's entertaining, but also addresses an issue. And I did like the fact that in a dumb way, in a dumb way, in a dumb way, that the movie... Be very careful. That this. the movie... That the movie does speak to, from about 50 yards, the idea of, like, childhood trauma. Um, you know, a child's worst nightmare is the possibility of being orphaned, losing their parents, and what that might be like for them. I did like the fact that not every not every one of your relatives tasked to raise a child is prepared for it, um, and mistakes get made. And these are things that can be corrected. But it's not easy, and you know you damage relationships with children along the way. Like you remove the Megan elements of it, and you just deal with the aunt and the niece characters. There's a lot there. Um, I talked about this uh, in theory. I talked about this with like the Invisible Woman when we uh, when we were discussing that. I don't think we actually reviewed it, but we talked about it a lot about how there were you know Blumhouse does a fairly decent job of the Invisible Man. Yeah, the, the Invisible sequel. Man. Sorry. Yeah, because no, that yeah. one we that one we did review. Yeah, we do the Invisible Man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I gave knew, a shout I, out for abuse victims. Uh, before yeah, we yeah, yeah. And All we right. so, liked pretty much everything except the ending. <laughs> okay, so like Blumhouse, I think does a halfway decent job of recognizing that these are great platforms to talk about some things. I, I think they they try not to go heavy handed with it because they are. You know, these are horror movies. These are, you know, general entertainment movies, so they can't hammer it, you know, too much. But 
I was thinking about like the my kids that were watching it, and they listening to them talk about the movie afterwards i couldn't deny the fact that this was speaking to them and they got it we can, we we four old crusty adults can shit on this movie all we want but i i want to commend them for hitting the target audience in a way that the target audience responded positively and that's to the movie's credit um so i liked those elements of it i liked the elements of you know, dealing with trauma i liked the, the elements of dealing with you know how does a family move on after the loss of parents that sort of thing the kid's not the world's greatest actor, but I thought she handled... Hang on. I'm going to defend her for just well, no, a no. second. Wait, hang on. Because I said she's not the world's greatest actor, but I think she did well with what she was given. And I think her trying to get across as she's sort of like this, you know, tortured, traumatized, you know, emotional child. I thought she did well enough with it. There were times where I thought, I, I can't tell if that's purposeful or she's overacting, but I'm also not going to slam her for it. You know, you want to weigh in? I've seen her in other stuff. She's the she's the younger sister in the Black Phone as well. Oh, no, no, no. Quite... She her sister was in Black Phone. Oh, really? She was in Blind Manor. She was they in look... Blind Ellen. Was she Bly was she... Manor? Was she the okay. They're they the look haunting of Blind Manor, the TV series, yeah. the Flanagan they look, series. They look way too much alike. Then okay, I'm gonna withdraw that. Well, yeah, they're that. sisters. Well, even sisters, like that's. I look. I didn't know that until like. Are, are they twins? Mm -mm. Okay. So okay, retracted. I, I'll I'll just agree with you then. Like she's passable, but I think her sister is actually is probably the more talented of the two. Right, hang on. So she's been in Ready Player One. Oh no, that's an uncredited role. Never mind. Um, she's been in Bennett's War. Our friend. She's in Doctor Sleep as Violet. Um. Hey, she's in. She's young Yelena Belova in Black Widow. She's in separation, and then she's in two other things. Yeah, she's also in the Haunting of Hill House, and she's in something called Jet. There you go. So she's not the one that's in the black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Sorry, wrong Flanagan project. I got them mixed up. You're forgiven. They're all kind of the same. Anyway, um, so it, here's my bit. I have like three major gripes with this movie. It's not scary. It is badly and inconsistently written. And boy, is it boring. Yeah, I was at I, that first hour where they're, <laughs> where they're setting up, giving her the doll and everything. I kept fucking dozing off. Yeah. Yeah. Did I did like it was the, bad. I did like the scene with the therapist and Gemma having to unbox that collectible. I know so many people who collect Funkos and other things. And the look on her face when she's got to cut that open, I'm like, that hurts. <laughs> You were saying, I, did, I didn't know you weren't supposed to take Funkos out of the box. I've got three of them. I get them for how, for Christmas on occasion. They're all out of the box. They're just sitting over here. Oh, you took the one I gave you out of the box? Uh, Yeah. <laughs> Was I not supposed? Again, like I didn't know I wasn't supposed all to. All of mine so. are mint in box. All of mine are mint in box. Uh, I've got, because you sent me. Um, I sent you George St. Pierre, didn't I? No, you sent me John Wick. Oh, did I? Okay. I've got John it's Wick. Not me, Bugs Bunny. Yeah, I've got John Wick. I Ash didn't get shit. You're a lion sack of shit, and your mother dresses you funny. I did I not get nothing this year. I this year, the, the year that I sent everyone Funko Pops because I was, you know, when I was dying, you all sent me a uh, what was it? A cameo, a cameo of people from of people mm -hmm. from The Wire. <laughs> we know you well. That's true. No, I've got see, I've got that. I've got Ash Williams. I've got, and one of my brothers gave me Hannibal Lecter this year. 
So awesome. I've got a few of them. They're just kind of hanging out. Um, but the, again, the first hour of this movie, I understand like setup. <laughs> you can make setup interesting, please. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of important. I, yeah, this had the very much like, you, you know, we want to see the kid get the doll and the doll start to go haywire and it takes forever to get there. And again, there's nothing interesting along the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, you could have cut the neighbor out. No, the you needed no, you needed those elements. No, you did. You, you kind of do. You kind of. I mean, you need cannon fodder. So <laughs> there's stuff you do need here. It's just badly implemented. Say this movie was. 102 minutes. This needed to, yeah, this needed another pass through editing and make it a tight 90. This, this is I'd a, agree with that. yeah, this is a 90 minute feature that was stretched out way too long, which seems to be a running thing. I mean, at least it wasn't three the fuck hours, but like everything else this year, uh, past year. Yeah, you're not kidding there. Could you imagine this three hours? No. No. <laughs> You'd have lost can, every kid in the fucking audience, first of all. I can, I can imagine it. I don't like it, but I can imagine yeah. it. Yeah. Um, there's no imagine, real. I can also imagine getting my dick slammed in the door, but I don't want to. We don't care what you do on f- Sunday nights, Mark. But anyway, continue. Thursday nights. Oh, okay. My bad. <laughs> it's how he sets up for the Friday podcast. It's true. <laughs> uh, there's no tension. Like th- for a movie that's supposed to be scary, there's nothing here that's really like. There's nothing here that really builds tension. There's nothing here that, like, you get, like, one or two jump scares that are telegraphed and not terribly effective. The kills are lackluster to be charitable. Um, the one where she scares the kid into getting hit by the truck, I actually, I actually thought that was the most effective thing that was done because... It shows a degree of intelligence, like, hey, I can get away with this. Right. Somehow killing someone with a handheld pressure washer that exudes enough force to knock a grown woman across a shed. <laughs> it was a fire is hose. It's just, <laughs> <is> just stupid. <laughs> Who yeah. wants to drink from the fire hose? <laughs> How many deaths were there's only like three deaths, weren't there? Uh the kid, four. the neighbor. Four. Yeah, but I mean, okay, so the the, we're in a talk. I was well, hang on. The, the prop that's a huge problem with this movie. It takes a hundred years to get to your first kill, and then the last ten minutes of the movie, they she kills everyone. <laughs> just because of killing. Yeah, there's four. And it's like because yeah, the two in the elevator. Yeah, yeah. It, again, there, there's almost no like real tension to most of this. Uh, I mean, trying to milk tension out of boy, you better disconnect the cables from. The murder doll, from the you know the murder bot needs to be disconnected. Like we all plug like, it. <laughs> you you can't get tension out of that scene when the entire structure of your story requires there to be no tension here. Like we all know what's going to happen, so trying to trying to milk tension out of it requires a deft hand, and there was no deftness here. The writing of this thing is unbearably clunky. And it unfortunately tries to tackle about five things, none of them well. On the one hand, you try the, you, you, we're trying to deal with, you know, childhood trauma and how do you deal with it? 
then there's the discussion of, you know, uh, consumer greed and how to and again, that one's like loosely in the background, but it's there and we can't pretend it's not. Then there's, well, boy, we're reliant, we're too reliant on machines and the screens are taking over our lives. And then at the end, for some unknown reason, it turns into a loose commentary on domestic violence. That's <laughs> <laughs> a good measure. Like, Sprinkle a little. None of this is cohesive. None of this actually works. And none of this resonates in any kind of real way. It's it's a mess of writing. It's an absolute mess. The fact that at the like at the our big finale is Megan shows up and goes again like turns into an abusive spouse. <laughs> I came here to try and find a solution. I don't. Uh, I would and, have laughed myself silly if she said this is all your fault for burning the meatloaf. Then. There's this weird line that's thrown in there that if they'd actually gone with it would have been an interesting twist. But when Megan goes, you know, I miss when it was just you and me. All those times you spent trying to get me programmed properly. Remember we used to stay up and talk about everything. And then the kid came along. And they killed the kid? Yes, that would have been awesome. I, I, I actually could have appreciated a bit of a reversal there when with Megan. Like, no, it was actually you and me. Like, that's what I think actually works here and what needs to happen. Instead, it's. It turns into, and now I'm gonna, you know, cause you brain damage. What you're talking about, though, takes a bit of bravery and the willingness to do a tragic twist ending. That just doesn't exist well, in Hollywood right well, now. Hang not, on. not, not, not on the big screen, at least. For the record, you don't actually have to kill the kid. I just yeah, mean yeah. like the narrative twist. Like I, I prefer yeah. that you kill, kill the, kid, the kid. You don't have kill to the kid. Yeah. <laughs> kill the kid. Kill the kid. Kill the kid. What? What? I mean, honestly, an entire generation cool? of us were traumatized by Reggie the Reckless, and now just wish <laughs> it up on film and horror movies. Yeah. Yeah. What would have been cool though is you know to build on what Robert was saying is if if she had made a cheeseburger. Shut up. <laughs> if you know, because one of the things that made Megan so unique is because it paired with the individual. But mm -hmm. what would have been cool is that Megan was already paired with the aunt because they spent, and then like there would have been a jealousy of like she was just trying to, and you could have suddenly done this, like her acting as a protector of the kid, but putting the kid in danger to right. try to eliminate it, like, as an accident, and entirely, then just build on entirely that. It's possible that was baked into the original script and they took it out because it would have overcomplicated it for the audience. But well, It, it might have. But I think that would have been, I think that would have been an interesting uh, layer that would have been, made this movie a lot more appealing, mm -hmm. is if there was, like, a jealousy of Megan over the kid like Megan was getting replaced by the kid. Right. And you know, you had like the dynamic there and then you kill the kid. Um, and make it a horrific death. Don't make it. You don't have, like, you don't have to kill the kid for the record people. Yeah, you do. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, right off the broadcasting network, you don't actually have to kill a kid. <laughs> okay. Maim, maim. Hey, would you want go with Mame? Real quick, we're getting close to the hour mark here. Um, so Jason, finish up and let Robert say his final piece, and let's move on. All right, you, so you just have to maim the kid. The kids in the hospital. <laughs> the final, like, the final battle here could have been more horrific. I'll absolutely give you that one. <laughs> yeah, be, 
did it. What was that Gerard Butler movie? Real Steel. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That what is it? That wasn't Gerard Butler. That, yeah, was, that, Hugh was, that was Hugh Jackman. It was a Hugh Jackman. Uh, yeah. Same difference. Um, but yeah, I mean, Irish and it's Australian dude, not even close. Yeah, uh, they're all white people, and they're all yeah, the they're, they're <laughs> they all look like Tyson. Hang on, isn't Butler Scottish? Oh my God, guys. <laughs> Mark, Mark, I'm pretty sure he's that. Scottish. <laughs> Mark may get the reference. They all look like Tyson. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but. But yeah, I mean, if you could have just like made the made Megan jealous of the girl, and just kind of put her in danger to act like the protector, but in reality trying to eliminate her because she was actually paired with the aunt, I think that would have added a nice layer. But the movie is just stupid. It's badly (laughs) paced. It's boring. The director does not know how to get anything out of the actors. Um, th- um, th- this guy has no hyperlink. I'm wondering if he's done anything else. Probably I'm sure not. Sure, he's not on. Uh... I'm gonna check right now, but like, with generally speaking, when there's no hyperlink on Wikipedia, that's not if a you good don't have sign. A, oh shit, you, you're right. If you don't have a wiki entry like that again, that's a bad sign. Yeah, this, Hang on this, a second. I'll let, me, guy, I'll let me IMDb this guy. Yeah, so am I. So this guy. I'm gonna do it first. This guy. By the way, like was getting James Wan's coffee on Aquaman, and he was like, "You want a directing gig?" That's probably you're probably more right than you know. I mean, I have an <laughs> IMDb page, but I mean, do you really? Yes, actually, I do. Yeah. Anyone yes. heard of something called the Jackie Brown Diaries? Because apparently he spearheaded don't, that. Don't tell Mark anything about Jackie Brown because Not I that never Jackie recover. Brown and the new Legends of Monkey. That's racist. Um, yeah, yeah. He's, he's done nothing. <laughs> yeah. This is like his. This is a. So he struggles to get these actors to do anything. These are all like none of these actors are any good. He won a Not, chain. He was nominated for a chainsaw award. I have so many questions, but but whatever this was, this this thing called Housebound. Apparently, he. This is like his big claim to fame. So this is a comedy horror mystery, and he was the director and writer. And the star. And the and the best boy <laughs> and the grip <laughs> and, and and the first, music composer first base Gerard Gerard Johnstone center field Gerard Johnstone catcher Gerard Johnstone just because Robert Rodriguez can w- make it work doesn't mean everyone can all right Robert are you done uh, I don't think there was anything else. um I did want to give credit to the physical actress who portrays Megan uh. It's hard to look robotic, believe it or not, and she pulls it off. So, uh, again, serious kudos to her. I'm learning that dance, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, last thing rhythm. related related to it. this movie being tonally wildly inconsistent. The use of music here is so comically all over the place; it removes the ability of the audience to invest. No argument there. All right, folks. Well, here it is: the first official. Money segment of tw- <laughs> on the year of our Lord 2023. We're in the money. We're in the money. Oh, I forgot to put up box office mojo. God damn it. All right. Um, well, on a budget of 12 Some million things dollars, never change. Blow me. Um, on a budget <laughs> of 12 million dollars, this thing has made four times that, just about. At forty-seven point seven million dollars, 
We are off to the races with our first big hit of 2023. What do you think about that, Robert Winfrey? Will I vamp here? I don't think it's a big hit. I think it's a solid moneymaker for the studio, and those aren't necessarily the same thing. Yeah, I think uh, you're splitting hairs, buddy. It is getting a sequel. No, confirmed. I, I'm not splitting hairs. That fucking makes me hate Hollywood. Like him, yeah. you know, him wanting to downplay the success of this movie for because of Robert Winfrey reasons. Whatever. The fact that we, the fact that we can't just have something be successful, pat ourselves on the back, have a cigar and a hooker, and call it a day. No. Everything has to have a fucking sequel. We have to make everything into a, a goddamn franchise. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's nuts. Admittedly, though, I liked the ending, even if you didn't know there was going to be a sequel. Just that l- the light for the smart yeah, the I, smart house thing I'm comes on. I thought that was a that. good ending. I'm fine with that. I'm not fine with we can't leave well enough alone. Now, okay, just for the record, I'm not dumping on the movie in the sense that I th- I'm calling it a loser. I'm saying calling it a hit seems like you're reaching and almost writing PR for the <laughs> for Bloomhouse here. Like it made four times its like original production budget. Like it could, and it was made for tw- again, like it was made for twelve million dollars. Yeah, I understand it was again, shot for a big Mac and a stick of chewing gum, but give credit where credit's due. I'm happy calling it a financial success and it's acting solid. like it's moonfall for God's sake. It didn't sink no, an entire studio. I'm not calling it moonfall. I'm again like I'm not call. I'm just not calling it a big hit. I'm calling From the it studio successful. that brought you Jason Bourne. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, we remember that. The old three five five. All right. Um. So Avatar: The Way of the Waiter in its fourth week, uh, still the number one movie and crossed the two billion dollar mark. More on that in a moment. Megan solidly debuted at number two. Again, uh, very very good stuff for Universal. Yep. Um. Puss in Boots, which I think now is on, uh, on streaming for, somewhere. It was out for two weeks. Now here it is. It's <laughs> on, uh, what's it called? V-U-D-U? P- Voodoo. 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 Okay. So it's P-V-U-D. Got it. Mm-hmm. Um, a Man Called Otto went wide uh, in almost 8,000 theaters. So that jumped from 18 to 4. I actually know somebody who saw that, believe it or not. Uh, Black uh, Panther. I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> Black Panther fell from 3 to 5. Whitney Houston speaking. Hey, Whitney Houston's movie. Uh, real quick. Not doing well. Um, it should be called. I want somebody just to watch this movie and said, I want to dance with somebody. It seems. A I wonder long. if it has the Bobby Brown beatings in it. I hope. Uh, that fell from four to six. It might have the cocaine use. <laughs> the cocaine suicide? I don't want to talk about that again. Um, the Whale maintained its spot at number seven and, and opened up in more theaters. Babylon, speaking of, speaking of things that go... Speaking wow. of things that almost could sink a studio... It's so funny that, like, between these, like, Top Gun Maverick, oh, my God, Paramount is back. Never mind our shitty Star Trek shows where, you know, Top Gun Maverick, we're on top of the world. We're going to be the number one studio of the year. Babylon wiped it out entirely. <laughs> like, it's amazing. It took out, like, so much of the profit that that studio had made. <laughs> yeah. Everyone involved in Babylon should be sacked. Just... Everyone should be fired. Every actor should be beaten with something. <laughs> Just pick up Margot Robbie's or beating Brad Pitt with her. No, um, no, we leave, we, we leave Brad Pitt alone. That wasn't his fault. Beat the Mexican Everyone else. All right. Violent Night, uh, currently PVOD, 6 to 9. The Menu, 8 to 10, which is on HBO Max. 
The Fablemans is probably streaming somewhere. Um, <laughs> 9 to 11. All right. And um, other things that debuted this week. The Conformist was a 2023 re-release. That debuted at number 29. Alcaraz, uh, number 30. And that is it for the weekend. Worldwide. Um, I quick want to do 2022 because I ain't shit for 2023 just yet. So Avatar The Way of the Water is officially the number one movie of 2022. And um, somebody at asked this. Point, at 1.7 billion. Somebody asked this. So like, doesn't um, do, doesn't it count for 2023? And it said, no, if it was released 2022, even if it was released on like New Year's Eve, whatever movie it makes, it makes for 2022. That's how this works. Yeah, it, it counts release date. Yeah, so like Spider-Man: No Way Home was the was the highest grossing movie of 2021, even though it made most of its money in 2022. Yeah. That's how that works. Um, so the way of the waiter currently at 1.7, beating Top Gun: Maverick at 1.4, Jurassic you know, World at one. Hang on, it's worth noting about Avatar for just a second. Mm -hmm. Its domestic take is only 500 million. All right. That thing is a big hit overseas where mm -hmm. you can just read subtitles and not and don't have to deal with the terrible line delivery. Yeah. Um, yeah something about uh, blue cat monkey people. It really appeals to uh, the foreign foreigners. All right. Uh, worldwide. Once again, Guy Ritchie's movie a playing somewhere in the world, but not in America. I don't know how that happened. It's the number one movie right now worldwide at $2 million. Something called Switch for all you kinky people. Uh, that's at number two. Blueback three. The, the, the four. Mummy five. I feel like this hasn't been updated. <laughs> I was going to say, where's Megan? I can't even find Megan on here. What the hell? Yeah, That should be there. Yeah, this, it's not, though. Okay. Get Moving on. Mojo failing miserably at your job. Oh, my God. Um, all right. So this weekend... Um, see, that... <laughs> What the hell, Bako with Mojo? Uh, we've got the Devil Conspiracy that looks like it's in wide release this weekend, <coughs> and Plane, which we're gonna go, which we're gonna review next week. I want to. Yeah, we are here. That. Look, we are trying to revive the style of '90s action movies. That's what we're trying to do here. We are. That that's our look. If we have an agenda for this year, we're gonna try and remind people that you can have standalone quality action movies like this. What's gonna be I'm the still first convinced that thing was named because they were just like into hour 18 of a marketing debacle. They couldn't assign the name finally. Someone just said, There, it's named Plane. There, done. Everyone go home. Everyone get the fuck like a out. DM who just basically killed off all their players. Take your cocaine I, with you. Leave a little. You're probably right. My question here is let's play a game real quick. Um, what movies will be the first movie to make number one for the weekend? What unseats Avatar? How many weeks is Avatar going to be number one before something unseats it? Um, My vote is Cocaine Bear. Uh, look, your bias <laughs> aside. I really need, look, I need there to be a, I, for the Hollywood Reporter and Variety, I need their headline be Cocaine Bear Beats Avatar. No context, completely devoid of facts. Just, just clickbait. Yeah, just absolute clickbait. Cocaine ba bear beats Avatar. How is that any different from anything they already do? It would make me laugh. Um, I think pl Plane might have an outside shot, but what mm -hmm. comes out after what's, that? What's that horror movie that's coming out? Missing. I saw the trailer for that. No, movie. it's not missing. It's something else. All right. Well, January 20th, we have a sequel to The Father called The Son, because that was necessary. We have the A24 movie, Is When You Finish Jackman? Saving the World. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, then we have Missing that's in wide release from Sony. Still, no one cares. Still a studio, but not for much longer. Dude, Missing is going to bomb. Uh, yeah. I want to go see it. You do I that. Tried to get a, I tried to get us to review it. You tried to get and Ronnie was, to do it. Ronnie has access to StreamYard now. And I was told to go fuck myself. By you were told to go fuck yourself. I make the schedule around here. We have yeah, to talk about Glass Onion. How about that? Yeah, I no, no I, I need to explain why that movie sucks. That's fantastic. All right. Um, and then we've got the 27th. We've got uh, Fear, which I haven't seen, a, um, which looks like it's by some independent group, but it's in wide Yeah, the, I saw the poster for that when I went to see Megan last night. I have not even seen a trailer or heard of Yeah, seen no trailer that for that either. Poster's cool, though. Poster's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Hey, Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day will beat Avatar. Yep. Um, okay. I would say, in all seriousness, probably knock at the cabin. By that point, by that point, yeah, yeah knock, at, yeah. knock, at, knock at the cabin or eighty for Brady or both of them. Yeah, by that point, it's like, please tell me people are not still going to see Avatar. It's like someone has to want something different. I would. It wouldn't. You know make, it wouldn't be a hang on. It wouldn't be as satisfying if, if if I didn't get Cocaine Bear beats Avatar. But if eighty for Brady is the one that does it, I'll, <laughs> take, it, I'll take it as a booby prize. What comes out first, Cocaine Bear or Ant Man? Cocaine bear. Okay. Hang on. Keep scrolling. It's down there. Mm -hmm. That's what she said. Um. Okay. No, no, no. You know what really is going to do it? The Titanic re-release. I swear (laughs) to God, if that's what unseats Avatar, I'm going to lose my mind. That's like a Starbucks across the street from a Starbucks. Yeah. James Cameron fucking beats James Cameron. I fucking quit. I'm into the woods to live deliberately. Um, we, th- those of us who live deliberately, many, many pearls going to beat it. I ha- I'm calling it right Dan, now. Jason, here many it pearl. is. Me and you, buddy. Fucking the movie that beats Avatar, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Hey, I'm I'm all all Blood and Honey. I wonder how we're going to watch it, but we'll figure it out with that. When I'm we sure get you to that fi- bridge, we, I'm we'll sure you can find some unregistered hypercam somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> That is. A, I want. I want the event, IMAX baby. experience for that. I want the IMAX experience for Fucking that. Fucking playing in an IMAX. I will eat my hat. Um, Wait a minute. Am I seeing that correctly? Madam Web is supposed to come no, out in that's, February. No, the the people running. Yeah. Everyone running box office mojo has started doing cocaine. This site is all fucked up. Yeah, I was gonna say that makes no <laughs> sense. No, no, no. They've started. What they've started doing is heroin because they're not doing their jobs. Okay. Ant Man the Wasp comes out the seventeenth. Cocaine Bear comes out the week after. Okay. Oh, Ant-Man then Ant Man the Wasp. You know what? Here, okay. Reset. Here's what I want. I want Cocaine Bear to unseat Ant Man and the Wasp in its second week. That's what I want. That it, would I'll be tell awesome. you what, Robert. You're always looking for a fucking out, which I don't know why, because you love me and you never want to stop doing this podcast. But you're always looking to stop doing this podcast. If Cocaine Bear is the <laughs> number one movie of the week and an unseats Avatar, that's our goodbye show. <laughs> we, we celebrate with cocaine bear. I am naked doing cocaine. Why doing on the cocaine? Show. <laughs> doing, you're doing cocaine on the show. Mountains of it. Well, I, 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 be I, there. Hang on. I said I wanted. Uh, look, Ant Man and the Wasp is going to be number one for its opening weekend. If cocaine oh, bear comes out the week after, I want cocaine bear to beat Marvel. That's what I want. No, that's what I'm saying. And if it does, that's our finale show. We're done. We've done. I will, we, I will do we, cocaine live on air. Yeah, we will absolutely, all of us, all four of us, 
Three I of us not be doing not, cocaine. Just do like powdered sugar or something, just to be part of this. I will, not, I will be starting confection or sugar. <laughs> I will be. I will be Tony Montoya Scarface level of cocaine. Here's what's gonna happen: if Cocaine Bear beats Ant Man and the Wasp, all four of us naked and doing some sort of powdered substance on this show is our finale. That's I'm not real. agreeing to this. I, That's I, everyone is agreement. Got it. I'm absolutely not agreeing to this, and you have not yet set up the OnlyFans account where that would be permissible. So please stop. We're working on it. Alexis and I are fa- are fast approaching getting the only the damn you Hollywood. Uh, sorry, the Rattlers and Broadcasting Network OnlyFans <laughs> up and running. Why do I have to be part of that? You want to get paid? You're the media director. You want to get paid, Alexis? You're the media director, aren't you? You're vice president in charge of television and OnlyFans. I, I dub thee. <laughs> That's how, that is how this works. He just randomly dubs us jobs I, that so we don't I dub, do. I randomly dub so many people. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I've yet to be dubbed. Anyway, yeah. oh, and for the record, we have seen the most the uh, other full trailer for Ant-Man and the Wasp. And mm-hmm. lo and behold, the internet was right yet again, months in advance. All right. And then Cocaine Bear, as we keep talking about, February 24th, and then we're into March with Creed. So the, we, the don't have anything, re- like, we don't have anything to talk about after Cocaine Bear. Like, <clears throat> you you joke you about that being our go-home show, like our finale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then you look at like the next couple of weeks, and you're just like, man, everything is a letdown after Cocaine Bear for a while. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> I'm already going on record as saying the only movie I fucking care about this year is Cocaine Bear. Fuck, fucking fuck The Fast and the Furious. Fuck Guardians of the Galaxy. Fuck The Little Mermaid. I only care about Cocaine Bear. After Cocaine Bear, everything else is just like, I'm just doing a show. Yeah. Doing a few well, years. Well, Winnie the Blood and Honey, too. Blood and Honey and Cocaine Bear. No. That that's that's the pinnacle of my movie reviews this year, Blood and Honey and Cocaine Bear. Okay. Look the look the Cocaine Bear remake will be done on HBO, uh, directed uh, produced by David Simon, and will feature Winnie the Pooh <laughs> in a very different kind of role. That that would be a good pitch. Winnie the Pooh fucking rolling up in the streets in Baltimore with a trench coat on. Ayo, fucking whist- whistling the farmer in the Dell. I don't even no, care no, if no. anyone listening to this knows that reference. That's funny to me. No 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 because. Mm. Winnie's not uh, Winnie the Pooh is not Omar. Who's Tigger is Omar. <laughs> that's the wonderful thing about Omar. <laughs> you tell me. You tell me I'm wrong. Like that's, no, that's my no, only I'm request like, for that. You I'm tell thinking me I'm about wrong. Omar, and I'm like, yeah, I can see Omar just pouncing on somebody. Hello, <laughs> Omar coming. Oh my god. <laughs> I really now want to see someone animate the entire five seasons of The Wire with Winnie the Pooh characters. You could do it. Uh, eh, get on that, my vice president involved involved in television. I'm not that good of an artist. Stop making excuses for all of my not doing my nonsense. <laughs> do my nonsense. Come on, Alexis, do it. Do my see the, this is why I do nothing. I'm out of it tonight. To anyone, this is why I do nothing because Mark doesn't expect anything from me. So to you anyone out never there, never said anything more true. To anyone out there listening, if you choose to do some kind of quasi-parody mashup of Winnie the Pooh and the Wire, all we want is a creative credit. Inspired by. Inspired it's, by, will do. Inspired by the Rattledge Broadcasting Network and a mountain of cocaine. Oh, screw you, inspired by me. I'm the one who came up with that. <laughs> Whatever. I'm the one obsessing over Cocaine Bear. This is all mine. Mine. And I'm I threw your... the blood and honey out there, so I mean, I should at least get a footnote. <laughs> If I had a nickel for every time someone said they threw blood and honey at me. Hey, 
Who wants to do the next segment? I bet Alexis does. You'd only have one nickel, but you'd be weird that someone did it even the once. (laughs) All righty. Well, folks, it's time. Are you ready? Are you ready? No! I said, are you ready? No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 All righty. Well, the critics loved it, and the audience was like, yeah, it's fine. Un, uh, at 94% uh, for uh, the critics and an 80% audience score with over a thousand plus verified ratings. Uh, unapologetically silly and all the more entertaining for it. Megan is the rare horror comedy that delivers chuckles as effortlessly as chills. If, by, if it by effortlessly delivers them in equal measure, you mean delivers none of either. I was going to say that, that that's not the worst thing I've ever seen written on Rotten Tomatoes, but it ain't the best neither. Like, it's not the worst, but it's somehow like the least accurate. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Let's see if we can find. Uh, I don't know if I want to read uh, good. Um... Yeah, I was going to say, it's like, are we reading positive or negative <laughs> reviews? To Even we're kind of all over the place with this. Yeah, I'm I don't know. Um, I think I just want to find our friends. Let's find our friends like our, like David Sims of The Atlantic. Uh, top critic currently at uh, The Atlantic, currently featuring a. Review an art, bleh, an interview with Ryan Johnson where he wanted to give Star Wars a Viking funeral. Okay, one misquoted. <laughs> he wasn't misquoted. He was. His his point was that <coughs> movies need to be able to have endings rather than everything try to create some kind of franchise IP, which I believe you agreed with about five minutes ago. <laughs> Read with your mama. All right, uh, Davidson's of the Atlantic. Top that was a little. That was a little off color, Mark. Please apologize. Absolutely not. Gerard okay. Johnstone's Megan is pulled from January's bucket of mostly low budget problem, but it's cheeky and knowing enough to stand out from the slop. There's that some is, truth to that. There's some truth, but God, that's a pretentious review. <laughs> It does, but I think it does show that's one of the things, like I said, I do like about this movie is that it does have enough of an identity. You know, again, talking about how well they did, Megan, even Robert, you agreed with me that the use of the puppetry, minimalist CGI, and using an actress with a mask on and everything, they really sold how well Megan moved and everything. Here's my my big gripe with, I think, some of these critics. (coughs) They think the comedy is intentional. And I don't think it is. <laughs> See, I thought it was the comedy was intentional at first with again that commercial. Because mm-hmm. I thought that commercial was like setting up it's like if it's there, like, okay, do not take this shit seriously. There's a there's a and, and, and maybe this is splitting hairs, but there's a Which difference would, between for, comedy and satire. Satire isn't always comical, and they are clearly satirizing the toy and robot market. More, also, most specifically the Furby. And for the record, you don't have no one involved in this had anywhere near like Paul Verhoeven's touch when it comes to this. No. Okay, I'm I, I'm I just going to point this out. I have read one review. The scariest <laughs> part about this movie was the Furby with human teeth. That will, was I like I said. That. I actually screamed, "What the fuck!" I'm not joking, guys. I screamed, "What the fuck!" when they aired that commercial. Lisa Johnson Mandel of AtHomeInHollywood.com. 
This is for you, Robert. I'm specifically reading this for you because I really want to know what you think of this. Right. Readers of Kazuo Ishiguro's Brilliant Clara and the Sun will wonder if director Gerard Johnstone used it for inspiration and added amusing social commentary and big laughs. There's nothing wrong with that. Not appropriately attributing the writer of the film is a <laughs> real problem I have with that entire sentiment. Yeah. <clears throat> have you heard of that? I don't even know what she was citing. There was that. A, is that a manga a movie? She didn't either. She didn't either. I, I believe probably some truth to that. Hang on, scroll back up so I can double. I'll look this up real fast because the name sounds vaguely familiar, but I might be. I'll say, yeah, Robert. You and I tend to be the ones who know a little bit more about uh, right. that kind of stuff, but I've never heard of that before. Yeah, it's a not. It's a novel, first of all. Oh. In a in a not helpful blurb from their review, Hope Madden of the Screening Room Podcast. How does the Screening Room Podcast get on here? And we're still toiling in obscurity. Well, because uh, you adopted the Screaming Boy rather than the Screaming Room. You're not wrong. Hi, Ronnie. It's the dark humor that makes this film so enjoyable, and I can see Russia from my house. <laughs> Again, this movie like has a couple of good laughs and satire, but I feel like. The way these people latched onto that, they're like <laughs> defining. Yeah, I, I can't help sorry, but feel but like no. that when they wrote the script, they cut out 90% of the satire. Because okay. there's a couple of really good satirical moments, but the rest of it, they're trying too hard to be horror. All right. The, yeah. from, coming from the future ex Mr. Alexis Haina, Jeremy Johns of jeremyjohns.com. Say it. What? You change my future ex-husband at least once a week. I've given him up trying to fight with no, you. No, no, he's you trying to get... I'm trying to get him to do his gimmick. I'm not saying the thing. Say the thing. No. We have a whole audience of people watching. Say the thing. How many people? Give me a number. Three. A hundred. No. Tell me the number. Okay. We had, a, we had at one point like six at one time watching. Yeah. We're not double digits. I'm not saying the thing. Oh my god. You're a pain. Um, yeah, I mean, anyways. I can log in from my phone and make give us one more. It's <laughs> not helpful. Uh, shit, did I lose it? <laughs> there we go. I had a surprisingly good time with it. <laughs> no, you didn't. Deeply unhelpful. <laughs> I've actually seen Jeremy's review of this, and that's kind of a weird quote to pull. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's got it up on YouTube, I think. And mm -hmm. it, that's really like the last thing they should have pulled to talk about this movie. <laughs> Lauren Coates of the Mary Sue. Ooh, the Mary Sue. Well, both a campy comedy... Well, I Captain Marvel was taken as a domain name. <laughs> ...and kill sequences likely would have benefited from an R rating. Megan's commitment to the bits and leading performances make it a crowd-pleasing B-movie that will likely find a diehard following in years to come. It might, but... Uh, again, my big gripe is actually with most of the acting here, believe it or not. like that's, That was one of my gripes. Like, no, this I did discover this, though. The kill count was supposed to be three times high, higher, and the gore was supposed to be like amped up tremendously. And there's they're going to release the un, um, unrated version uh, supposedly when it goes to POV. I could see Fu that. Future ex Mrs. Ale uh, Alexis Hain, uh, Johnny Gaze Monic from Fanboy of the Universe. Uh, we have our hands here on. We have on our hands here a new icon of the horror genre. Go oh, piss off. <laughs> I don't think so. A deliciously unholy combination of HAL 9000 and Chucky glammed up like an American doll gone bad. 
This is about as far from an icon as you're going to get. <laughs> mm-hmm. I hope you get ass raped by a gorilla with herpes. It's really that's, unnecessary. That seems aggressive. Yeah, really. We're trying to. It's all. It's a new. It's a new year. New us, Jason. Calm down. No, it's the new year. Same old asshole me. I promise. <laughs> Kyle Smith of the Wall Street Journal, top critic, former newspaper. Megan is wittily written and smoothly plotted by Akila Cooper from a story by Hearn Get and Vaughn. Bent. As well as tautly directed by Gerard Jones. Taught. Mark. Taught. That's what I said. Who harkens all the way back to Mary Shelley's warning. It's amazing how much of that is just wrong. What I like is how much he copied from the Wikipedia page. <laughs> yeah, no, Kingsley, congratulations. You can cite the author of Frankenstein. Go sit in the corner. Copy, paste. Uh, Jason Zenoman of New York Times, top critic, former newspaper. Former newspaper. Well, there are some hints at social commentary on how modern mothers and fathers use technology to outsource parenting. This movie is smart enough to never take itself too seriously. Yeah. Again, I feel like there was potential for really great satire, especially yeah. about that, and they abandoned it. I feel like you could see the movie, especially the scene with uh, what's her name, Tish, uh, Gemma's assistant, talking about it's like, well, I thought we were building a toy, not a replacement parent. There is good yeah. commentary there. They don't follow through with it. Yeah. Future ex uh, sex slave to Robert Winfrey, Kate Sanchez from oh, But wow. Why Though, a geek community. Well, I can't marry him to everybody, and she's really beneath him. This is this yeah. is a girl that Robert's going to keep in the basement until he tires of her, and then oh, you know, God. and and then you know, settle her to Saudi Arabians for UFC. Okay. Kate All right. Um. <laughs> what? Moving on. No, Kate Sanchez of But Why Though, a geek community. To put it simply, Megan, like many of the toy dolls before her, is iconic. Go no, fuck yourself. Not. I'm, not marrying, I'm not marrying her and then divorcing her from Robert Winfrey. That's beneath him. <laughs> she She's easily forgettable. Almost as forgettable as that reviewer. What was her name? It doesn't matter. Exactly. <laughs> the for, uh, future ex-Mrs. Alexis Hannah Perry Nemiroff of <laughs> Very number off YouTube. What? Okay, how many spouses have we had by this point? I have zero. Not enough. Mark knows a divorce lawyer, and he is single-handedly trying to help us put that (laughs) that lawyer's children through college. Uh, Top critic. It's only the first week of January, but we already have one of the best villains of 2023. Get her, Winfrey. How unbearable. I don't know what's worse. The fact that that sentiment is that stupid, or the fact that it might be true. I genuinely don't know which is more depressing. <laughs> no, what, we've, got, suppo- we've got Scream coming up. I'm so, no, I don't care. I don't care about Scream. Scream doesn't have a legitimate killer. Scream has a costume. <laughs> what, I'm supposed to pretend that Kang and freaking Corey Stoll's giant head on a screen are, are going to be getting about villains? the cocaine bear? The greatest villain of all yeah. age? Pooh? I mean, <laughs> look, I like Mads Mikkelsen, but Indy 5 is going to suck. Cocaine Bear. Cocaine Bear is not a villain, Mark. Cocaine a bear on cocaine. A bear on a cocaine is an antagonist. On no, a cocaine, no. just the I one. I thought cocaine. he was a MacGuffin. No, You're a MacGuffin. Look, no. Cocaine Bear is the hero we all need. True. <laughs> He's the hero. We there, there you go. There you go. That that's a um, TikTok video. President. 
Cocaine Bear, the hero we need. <laughs> All right. And lastly, friend of the show, William Viviani, whether he realizes it or not, from The Wrap and from Critically Acclaimed, where my real friend uh, does a podcast. Goes along with your nonsense. He was on two of my shows. We're buddies now. Uh, top critic. John Stone's film captures the same alchemical blend of heart, humor, and havoc you find only rarely in crossover classics like Gremlins. And it yields more entertainment than most would be blockbuster. Okay, I don't necessarily agree with him, but I understand the points he's making. And you know what? I actually am going to agree. This might be more entertaining than a lot of the two like the two hundred million dollar productions that come out these days. You know what? It's not going to be more entertaining than Cocaine Bear. That is very true. I'm already calling Cocaine Bear as my number one, my favorite movie of 2023. When when it doesn't sweep the Oscars, Mark will boycott. I'm going to be. What if a it gets an Oscar nod? It won't. It won't. Shut what up. best picture? I can I I can ho- hope. Can I? What would again? Like what would it get a best picture nomination for? Special effects. Special no, effects. They're not that good. Best picture. <laughs> Not Best supporting be actor. <laughs> Cocaine bear. Rawr. <laughs> okay, look, maybe Ray Liotta. Maybe Ray Liotta. I just want the bear to be. <laughs> you just see the hands of the, 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 the Oscar. The bear is like, rawr. The bear then attacks whoever presents him because whoever presented him did cocaine recently enough to inspire the attack. No, the, the bear's got to go Bree, up with white The bear attacks Brie Larson, who's giving him the award, and nobody does a fucking thing about it. No one and, would. Do, okay, one, no one would do anything. Two, we all know the bear is actually going to accept his award remotely from rehab. <laughs> and, and, from the Betty Ford Clinic, here's Cocaine Bear accepting his Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. And, he has, and he's got to have, have white residue on his nose. I just want with the bears wearing a fucking cross. <laughs> and it's like rar, Jesus, rar. Um, <laughs> well, we found our Morbius of the year. <laughs> no, no, no. Our Morbius of the year is going to be when Cocaine Bear bombs, and you have to do the. Here's all the movies doing better than Cocaine Bear. Oh, I don't want to be reminded of anything does better than Cocaine Bear. I want no, to. I'm going to want... make you. If you, I'm gonna what if Cocaine Bear goes to a, it, it goes to a wide release and like ends up being like a top ten film? I'd be happy, dude. Well, Cocaine Bear first movie in the history of cinema to do three billion dollars. He fucking at <laughs> at two billion of it's me and Martin just because he's going to see it going around and around, bankrupting your families to buy tickets for all of them. I sold my house for this. I currently live with one of my many. Me, me, me and Mark panhandling beside the road. <laughs> we'll drop Need money for cocaine bear. <laughs> we'll drop pants for cocaine bear. <laughs> Who wants to end the show? I mean, you've already. Uh, I was gonna look. We, you've already had that sign made, so you've been asked to do something else with it. <laughs> what are you All talking right. about? Mark don't wear pants. No, he he had made that sign to take with him to the to the theater as a warning to those around him. I swear to God, <laughs> if if it food. if it beats Marvel, I will make a sign and stand outside my local Cineplex <laughs> we'll drop with that sign there. <laughs> yes, I will okay. make the sign to just stand there. Downtown Huntington. <laughs> <laughs> In a a bear suit. Look, I know there are people watching us. There are people watching us on YouTube right now. At some point, I I don't care if you see any other movie this year. You have to bring all of your people. 
all of your friends, all of your family, everyone has to go see Cocaine Bear. Bring the small children. <laughs> it is yeah. horror. Well, would Cocaine Bear be horror? Probably. Uh, wanna... It might be. We'll have to wait and see. I, I see Alexis is completely. Be. Alexis looks like Melissa in my last like in, in my last like teletherapy session. She's completely fucking checked out. So you've let's, you've, let's, see, let's... you've seen Winnie the Pooh. You've seen General Bill. <laughs> <laughs> for cocaine bear the crossover between cocaine bear and paddington just the, the American <laughs> UK. okay so like uh, the care bears quick, meet cocaine bear before we end reservoir dogs selling nothing but bears go <laughs> who plays who <laughs> well what's that one hair bear I know you guys grew up with me. The hair. Do you not remember the hair bear bunch? Can we just wrap this up? My sinus <laughs> meds aren't working, and I'm in pain, and it's not just from that. Hey, why don't you go ahead and do your plugs, uh, Alexis? Thank you. Yeah. All right. Honeysuckle Rose Creations, where fashion meets fandom at the intersection of Geek and Cheek. We just uploaded a ton of new products, a handful of new wire-wrapped dice, and a new collection inspired by the hit show Wednesday from Netflix. We got earrings, we got necklaces, we got charm bracelets. Go ahead and check it out. You can find us on Etsy and Handmade at Amazon. And as always, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. God with the wind, but it's only starring bears. <laughs> keep, keep going. <laughs> honeysuckle roast creations where fashion meets fandom at the intersection of geek and cheek i'm sorry I, I i'm not joking my sinus medicine's not working and i have been juggling pain this whole show so i apologize the pain is not just because you three are about ready to make me want to commit suicide <laughs> in that same vein can i are you, going to have, are you going to have products for cocaine bear because you know mark yes <laughs> I want to know if Damn you, you have, Robert. I, I want some Bears modeling products to promote cocaine. You bear. keep saying like how? All right, you were told go on the TikTok, the TikTok, to promote the your TikTok. wares, and you were like, "What do I do? If you could have a bear on cocaine, like wearing your chokers and earrings and shit, I think that yeah. would do well for you." I, I don't know buy... what's harder for me to get, the bear or the cocaine. <laughs> the I know a guy. No question, it's the bear. Hang on, the bear. Hang on. You live in Missouri, right? Kansas City, yeah. The cocaine, actually, that's more a meth center than <laughs> like the bear yeah. you could get from a zoo. That's well, working... the cocaine you can no, get from no. just about any gonna, block. If you're gonna no, have meth, a bear modeling, meth she could get from anywhere. If Cocaine's you're gonna have to a bear modeling jewelry made from game pieces, you need a shoot bear, not a working bear. Can we just wrap this up, please, <laughs> so I can go to bed with a hot the, towel on my face? Get the bear from Semi Pro. Speaking of working bears, Jason, go ahead and do your plugs. Well, um, you could find. I'm surprised Mark hasn't noticed my change my name. I just uh, now noticed. It. <laughs> uh, you can find me over at Mosaic Media. If uh, we don't end soon, we're not going to deal with a cocaine bear. We're going to deal with a cocaine Alexis as she tears us all to pieces. Well, I'm trying. Well, if you shut the fuck up, let me get through this, Mark. <laughs> Take a big glass of shut the fuck up and know your role. It's take a tall drink out of a shut the fuck up. No, I've got I've actually got a coffee cup that says shut the fuck up. My daughter bought me. Well, you shut the fuck but up anyway, your plugs already. Uh, well, I'm trying to I'm trying to pull a Jesse Starcher and take ten minutes. Um, <laughs> you leave but, Jesse alone. He walked with Jesus. <laughs> no, it's Jesus that cuts his lawn. Uh, but you can find me over at Mosaic Media MC on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. The TikTok? 
Yes, the Tiki Taki. <laughs> With the hippity hoppy. All right. Right here on Ye Old Rattledge and Broadcasting Network. Where Nobody cares. Have, Go ahead, Robert. Where we may have mentioned Cocaine Bear once or twice. We kicked off the week with the David Bowie tribute from 2016. <coughs> that was the day after he passed away. And my wife, Pat Mullen, and I listened to some music, tell some stories. We had a really good time with that. Um, but somebody is only half the show uploaded, but I re-aired our Valdez, Lopez, and Frampton McCreary alternative commentary that I did with John War from back in the day. Uh, we have new friends here at the Rattle Legend Broadcasting Network. You might be wondering why we, how we have, we have any friends at all, but we have new friends. We have the, the movie does come up. <laughs> <coughs> we have the movies that don't suck and some that do, guys. They're currently re-airing their shows on our network now, the audio version. I was just on their year in review. Um, Chris Bailey this year didn't say that my list was felt like somebody who didn't have any friends, which was nice, uh, unlike last year. We had, I had a really good time talking to those guys, and they asked if we could re-air their stuff. So we have a couple of their shows. Today went up uh, a Christmas Christmas review, a Christmas Story Christmas review, and The Fablemans. Um, and then the year in review will be up shortly on our, on our network. Tomorrow, I tell you, the, yeah. the, we watched The Christmas Story Christmas this year with my family. Yeah. There's a bit that made me actually put my hands in my head and go, you son of a bitch. <laughs> When okay. he's trying to pitch his book and he says, if the ending doesn't make sense, there's a sequel. <laughs> and I just went, you too real. God, no. That's not <laughs> Modern how film. All right. So this is like three weeks delayed, but we were supposed to do Dope Sick a few weeks ago. Uh, the same buddy and I that did um, uh, How to Change Your Mind from Netflix. She's back and we're going to be reviewing Dope Sick with Michael Keaton because I love drugs. And it's a good, evening, it's a good Mark, movie. Mark, Mark chose the winning side in the war on drugs for the rest of <laughs> And uh, hey, guess what's coming back, everybody? The Screaming Boy podcast is coming back, There's allegedly. no way that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's... Quit, make, quit trying to bully Ronnie into that. <laughs> Ronnie offered. He wants to talk about the future of D&D, a Screaming Boy Oh, one right, shot. right, right. The, uh, the OGL. <laughs> yeah. And what's going on with that? Yeah. All right. And then uh, at noon on Thursday, assuming she's still my friend. Are you still my friend, Alexis? Yes, I'm still your friend. Yay. Hopefully the pain meds will have actually kicked in by then. Well, if they don't, we'll make you happy with naked men gyrating in your <laughs> in your face. Um, and we'll also do a podcast about Welcome to Chippendales from Hulu, the miniseries about the creation for the same people that brought you Pam and Tommy. If you've been on the TikTok and you've seen me and Jason talking about, no, it was me, uh, Jesse, and Alexis talking about talking dicks, that's from Pam and Tommy. Those same people did welcome the Chippendale, so we're going to talk about it. And uh, da, 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 da. and then at night, it's the return of the Metal Hammer of Doom jukebox. We're going to be talking the uh, best metal albums of 2022, because we haven't done a show since like October. Um, this Saturday, another re-airing of an old episode of Everyone Loves a Bad Guy. We're going to look at Superman villains, and then once again on Sunday. We're re-airing an old Metal Hammer of Doom, Children of Bodom, Halo of Blood from way back in the day. All right, that's all my plugs. Robert, take me home, baby doll. Well, before I get into my full plugs, I'd just like to take a moment and acknowledge um, from years ago, one of the true great cinematic actors, uh, Bart the Bear, who was just the grizzly bear <laughs> that you've seen in every movie from like the 90s. Uh, Bart was a true joy to work with. <laughs> In fact, Sir Anthony, I believe Sir Anthony Hopkins said he was the best co-star he had on The Edge, where he was with Alec Baldwin, 
who of course introduced cocaine to the bears, to the wild bears <laughs> of Alaska and Canada, and they've never been the same since. I can see and that's and hang brain. on, that's my one bit of silliness all year. So, oh, you got it out of the way early, huh? Mm-hmm. Are you gonna make Are you gonna make one podcast sexy this year, like you did with Avatar? Oh. Or was that like a one time thing? You couldn't handle it. You clammed up. I re listened to our review of that. You got awkward. <laughs> okay, Anytime I, prom- I did that, you're the one who just kind of you didn't know what <laughs> to do when I said, and then the whale unrolled his giant penile appendage from inside of his mouth. Just blah, blah, blah. okay, I'm out. <laughs> and the small. And the, teenage boy take, and the teenage boy takes his fleshlight that's in his hair and uh, attaches it to the whale's fleshlight. What the fuck have you been watching, son? That's I thought you were Mormon. All right, all right. I promise uh, if you get sexy with another podcast, I will out-sexy you. I promise. Uh, no, because then that doesn't work. Then it's just too silly. Oh, my God. Just do your plugs. So the four one one got the wrestling bear sometime? So... The 411 Ground and Pound MMA podcast had its first show of 2023 this last Sunday. It was a long show, uh, 90 minutes, I believe, and I, it it's depressing. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I started listening to that. Like you're just, your fucking introduction to that's hilarious, by the way. Thanks, appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah, it, it's depressing. I get to talk about MMA fighters dying in their early 40s. Dana White smacking his bitch up. Dana White's domestic violence, Phil Baroni being arrested for allegedly beating his girlfriend to death in Mexico City. I think you do. It's, uh, again, it's an upbeat show. What do you want me to say? <laughs> and apparently the, and my entire, op- my, not my opening bit, but my entire preview of the, of the card is at least somewhat out the window now because Kelvin Gastelum suffered a mouth injury probably while eating because he's fat. And he's out of the main event, so now Sean Strickland is in the main event. So 2023, 2022 will have ended with a Sean Strickland main event that mostly sucked. And 2023 will begin with a Sean Strickland main event because MMA fans have not suffered enough. (laughs) And frankly, they deserve it. Talk about AEW so that we can scissor. No. (laughs) All right, moving on. I cover professional wrestling as well. AEW's Dark Elevation, which was a 90-minute episode this week for some godforsaken reason. MLW stuff on Thursday, WWE SmackDown on Friday. Also this Wednesday, god damn it, I actually have to say it, I will be covering AEW's Dynamite because the regular guy's not available. So tomorrow I will be covering Dynamite, and I look forward to pissing off all the AEW people because I do that on occasion. I have a right, sober but... assessment of the product. What do you want me to say? <laughs> all right, don't. Folks, next week, uh, our same bat time, same bat channel. We will be reviewing playing with Gerard Butler and the and the dude that uh, played Luke Cage. Uh, it'll just be me and Robert. Uh, Jason will fuck off. Alexis will take some. I always ball. fuck off. All right, so it'll just be me and Robert doing our doing our usual circle jerk. We hope you enjoy. There is no circling nor jerking to be had. I promise you. Not necessarily in that order. Until then, she is Alexis Haina. He is Jason Teasley. That over there is a cocaine bear. And I am a giant asshole. Be well, be safe, and behave.